Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword New Song. And now, check out our message of the week. If you're ready to study the Word of God, say yes. Yes. All right, let's do it. Get out your sermon notes and your Bibles. Uh, uh, We're in in the series, My Biggest Enemy. It's going to finish next Sunday morning. Uh, Of course, several weeks ago, we started this this series and made this statement. It's at the top of your sermon notes. My biggest enemy is the lie that I believe. Of course, it comes from the father of lies, the devil. So he is our biggest enemy. But the biggest enemy I have in my life is the lie that I believe. Makes, it makes me a prisoner of deception and robs me of a rich and satisfying life. So that's, that's how we opened up this series. The, the next week we said, the truth is that God loves you no matter what. There, there are people who believe a lie that says God doesn't love me, that I'm unlovable or that I'm unforgivable. And, and the Bible is very, very clear that God loves you no matter what. He says, anybody who comes to me, I will never reject. So if you say, man, I'm just unforgivable, that's not what the Bible says, and you've believed a lie. If you think that you're unforgivable, that's a lie. Don't believe it. The Bible says in John chapter 6 that whoever comes to Christ, he said, I will never reject you. I'll never turn you away. So we said that that week that God loves us no matter what. Last week, we talked about the fact that the devil and God are not equals, that God has authority over the devil. And today, we're talking about the fact that not only God has authority over the devil, but you have authority over the devil. And I want to I tell you right from the beginning that there are some people in this room right now, in fact, I would suggest many people in this room right now that you have never been taught about your authority as a believer. You've never been taught about, uh, about who you are in Christ or, or the fact that uh, you don't have to be controlled by the devil or tormented by the devil. Uh, you don't have to give in to his schemes or into his lies. You don't have to believe him. In fact, uh, the Bible says it this way. We'll talk about it now. We'll talk about it later. That greater is he who's in you than he who's, he who's in the world. How many know that's, that means you have authority over the devil, right? Just that verse alone. So, so let me ask you this question before we go into this. If that was the only verse in the Bible, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Like greater is he, God, in me than the devil who's in the world. If that was only in Scripture one time, how many times would it have to be in Scripture before you believe it? Oh, that's good stuff because God's word is truth. Like God's word, when you're reading the Bible, it doesn't, well, I need to read that at least four times before I believe it. Really? Because all of the Bible is true. It's all true. Now, now, thankfully, it doesn't just say it once. It says it multiple times in multiple ways, and that's what we're going to talk about today, everybody, that you have authority over the devil. You don't have to live in fear. So the truth is, right at the top of your sermon notes, the truth is, as God's child, I have authority. You are a person of authority. Now, this is real, so interesting, everybody. Even if you just accepted Christ five seconds ago, you are a person of authority because Christ is in you. 
Christ is in you. He is the victor. He is the deliverer. Christ in you is greater than he who's in the world, everybody. So I don't care how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter. Christ in you. You have authority. You have authority. Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 15 and 17 through 17, it says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Again, we're going to come back to that. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. And that, that word, of course, you, if you've been around the church, you know that word Abba literally is a, is a word that, that means something like daddy. It's very endearing. It's very close. It's very relational. It said, so by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's, that we are God's children, it's like we belong into the family of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God. Watch this, everybody. Co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. That means, that means, everybody, that everything that belongs to Jesus Christ as, as a child of God also belongs to me. Now, you, some, some might be sitting here and say, well, I don't know if that's the truth. I, I don't know. Well, I'm not the one that wrote that verse. I'm just telling you what that verse says, that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Now, are, are there certain things that, that, that Jesus has or has received that we don't? Yes, the answer is yes. For instance, you're never going to sit at the right hand of God like Jesus does, Okay. That, that's his place, and it will be his place for all of eternity. You're never going to get the praise that Jesus gets for redeeming mankind, because you didn't do that. Jesus did. You're not the savior of the world. Jesus is. So everybody see what I'm saying? So, so there are levels of praise that Jesus gets. There are, there's praise that Jesus gets that we don't get because we're not the savior of the world or the second member of the Trinity. But the Bible very clearly says, though, what belongs to Christ also belongs to us, that we are heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ Jesus. And I'm going to break this down for you today. I, I, I love what this says in Romans chapter 8. It brings out something that if you've received the Spirit of God, if you've been pulled into the family of God because of the, of the drawing of the Holy Spirit and you've surrendered your life to Christ, the Bible says that God is your Father, that you're a child of God, and that you don't have to live in fear anymore. And, and if you're living in fear, I would suggest to you then you don't understand the authority that you have in Christ. Because your, your lack of, of authority, or I should say the lack of knowledge of authority that you have as a child of God will, will produce fear in your life if you don't understand who you are and really who God is too. And, and I wrote some things down. I want you to track with me here. Letter A, write this down. Fear believes the enemy. Fear believes the enemy, but faith believes God. Fear believes the enemy, but faith believes God. So, so if you're living in fear, it means that the devil is speaking things to you that actually may feel very accurate. In fact, I, I used to... Um, um, how do I say this? Uh, I used to disagree with my parents. I won't tell you which one more often than the other, but uh, <laughs> but I used to disagree with my parents. And by the way, I was the one that's wrong. So let me set that up front. All right. 
it wasn't them. It was me who was wrong because, because I would tell them something that was wrong and they, they would say, have you prayed about it? First of all, have you prayed about it? And I was like, if you tell me that one more time, <laughs> you know, like I'd ask my mom that question, well, you need to pray about that. I'm just asking a question. And they were teaching me to go to God first. They were teaching me to go to God first. Everybody, have, do you tell your children that? Hey, do you ask them that? Hey, have you prayed about that? Why don't you go pray? I think it's just good stuff. It, it helps them learn a lesson. And I learned a lesson, everybody. I learned some lessons about authority because of the way that my parents always taught me to go to my heavenly father and not just my earthly father. So they would say things like, hey, did, did you pray about that? Or, or I, I would tell them a situation and they said, that's not true. Like, they, they look at me and say, well, you know, faith says that it is, though. Like, like I'd go to them and say, I, I would have a cold, and, and uh, you know, one of my parents, and I'm not telling you who it is, would say, no, I know you don't. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure my runny nose is an indication that I do have a cold. And, and what they were doing, what, what they weren't saying that there wasn't a symptom. They weren't saying that I, I didn't actually have a cold. What they were really saying was, where's your faith? Because Christ is your healer. That's what they were really saying. They, they were trying to, to help me embrace the, the knowledge of who I am in Christ Jesus. They, they were trying to point out the fact that I don't have to live in sickness, that I have a healer. I don't have to live in bondage because I have a deliverer. How many know what I'm talking about now? Like, yeah, there's some things happening in your life, and yeah, you're going to be attacked, and yeah, there's going to be trials, and there's going to be sufferings, but, but it's better to, to handle that as a person of faith rather than a person of doubt. And they were trying to teach me to be a man of faith. And, and they weren't saying, Justin, you're a liar. They weren't saying that. They were saying, Justin, Jesus is your healer. That's what they were saying. And they were, they were inviting me to go to him. They were instructing me to go to him. And mom and dad, the good news is, I get it now. I get it. It, it worked. It worked. Fear believes the enemy, though, because when the enemy, see, see, things happen in your life and you start getting scared, but when you start, get, you start getting scared, it's because you're, you're, you're believing the accuser of the brethren. You're believing the one who would put sickness on you and, and death on you and destruction on you and who would take things from you. Fear believes the enemy, but faith believes God. And I would, I would tell you this, something I've told you multiple times before, the Bible never tells you to doubt. Not one time. It always tells you to believe. To believe. And as your pastor, it would be wrong of me to tell you to doubt, to live in doubt, to live in fear. It would be very right of me to align myself with the word of God and say, you know what? The Bible says that all of us need to live a life of faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. It's our job, new song, to be, watch this, Believers. How many know what I'm saying is true? Okay, good, good. I just need, I need you to cheer me on today, everybody, because this is a subject that uh, many people stay away from, but not us here at New Song. Fear believes the enemy, but faith believes God. Let me teach you this more. Let her be. Fear gives the enemy access to my life, but faith gives access to God. Fear gives the enemy access to my life, but faith gives that access to God. I'm going to show you a verse. This is found in Job chapter 3, verse 25. 
It says, what I feared, Job says, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. Listen, I, I would tell you this, everybody. I don't mean this the wrong way, but that's one of the most powerful verses in, in the Old Testament, I think. One of the most. Not, not, that it's, not, not, that it, not that I would ever want you to experience that, but the fact is it's true. Because a lot of times what you fear is exactly what happens to you. Why? Because fear gives the enemy access to your life. Oh, come on, mature believers, I need you to cheer me on here. Because you know I'm right. Fear gives the enemy access to your life. But faith gives that access to God. The more that you fear, the more access the enemy has to your life. The more, the more lies he's going to speak to you. The more symptoms you're going to have. The more the more problems that you're going to focus on and things will get bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. Have you ever noticed, everybody, that when you're in a bad mood, that everything is magnified? Like, let's say that you have a bad day at work and, and you're, you come home in a bad mood and your child asks you something that on a normal day would be no big deal, but because you're in a bad mood, what they ask you is magnified and you're like, Ugh, get away from me if you ask me that one more time, you know, because have you ever noticed when you're in a bad mood, you overreact because things are magnified and when you live in fear, you overreact. Because things are magnified when you live in fear, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you start believing things that are just not true, because fear gives the enemy access to your life. Job said it this way, hey, what I feared had come upon me. What I dreaded happened to me. But you don't have to live life like that. In fact, let me prove that to you today. In fact, there's a bullet point right under that. The devil honors fear. Let's just stop right there. The devil honors honors fear. The devil honors fear, but God honors faith. God honors faith. In Matthew chapter 15, we'll read this verse in just a second, but in Matthew chapter 15, this person comes to Jesus and says, my daughter is is demon-possessed, and I need your help. And there's just crying out to Jesus. Watch what it says in Matthew 15, 28. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. At that moment. Why, why is that, everybody? Because the devil honors fear, but God honors faith. How many times in, in, in the New Testament have somebody come to Jesus as a person of faith and, and that faith was honored by God? The woman with the issue of blood, if I can only touch the hem of his garment and her faith was honored. The man who sought Jesus out actually said, hey, I, I need you to come to my house. There has to be healing. And, and, and Jesus says, no, you know what? I've never seen greater faith. Like, like I said, I would come to you said, I, you don't even have to come. Just speak the word. And he says, I've never seen such great faith. And what happened? God honored that faith. When you come to Christ in faith and you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I realize you're the savior of the world. And I surrender myself to you and I trust myself to you. And I, I rely upon your grace. I rely upon your mercy. God always honors faith. Every person who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Because God honors 
faith. And it's, it's my job, everybody, to teach you to rise up as a man and a woman of faith. Because I want you to live a life that God honors. And I taught you that a few weeks ago, that actually God honors you. He honors you when you live by faith. Let her see. My faith increases then when I know who I am in Christ. So God honors faith. Well, how do you, so, so if God honors faith and he does, then, then how many in the room you want more faith? Oh, okay. Well, faith will increase in your life when you understand who you are in Christ. That's how it works. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 18, it says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand, so that you can have an increase in knowledge, an increase in discernment, an increase in wisdom, that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are rich, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. And I also pray that you will understand, there's the word again, that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for who? For us. Who what? Who believe in him. For us, what? what's this everybody? For us who have faith. Now I'm going to read that again. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for you and for me and for everybody who would believe in him, who would have faith in him. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. So we're talking, everybody, resurrection power. God wants us to understand that resurrection power is available for us who have faith. Okay, that same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Let, let me say it like this, everybody. So does that, does that description include the, the fact that Jesus is over, ahead of, uh, authoritative over the devil? He has authority over the devil. Do you see that there, yes or not? Is he saying over everything? He is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things. And why is that? For the benefit of the church. <laughs> hey, God, God says this to Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to put you in authority over everything. And there's a reason behind it. The reason is, I want to benefit my children. Because his children is the church. If you're a part of the family of God, if you're a child of God, then you are part of his church. If you're part of his church, you are in the family of God. You're a child of God. And and, and God says, Jesus, I'm going to give you all authority. And I'm going to do it for the benefit of my children. I'm going to do it for the benefit of the church. Verse 23, and the church, here it is, is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, you could say, everybody, not missing a thing. 
I'm going to come back to that, who fills all things everywhere with himself as the body of Christ and Jesus the head, and he's living for our benefit. It means, everybody, that we are complete in him. We are lacking nothing. Oh, come on, get this. We are lacking nothing. Well, I don't have enough power. Yes, you do. In Christ, you do. Because he is everything. He is the head. And because he is the head, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath, the Bible says. Come on. You're not lacking anything. Well, I just don't have enough faith to do that. Come on. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. You've got what you need. Now, whether if you believe it or not, I can't, I can't handle that for you. I, I can't, I can't, I don't have the power to put faith in you. I have the power to teach you the word of God in which faith comes by hearing the word of God, right? So I can teach you the word of God, but it's yours to embrace it, everybody. I don't have the power to lay hands on you and say, okay, well, here comes your faith. You're going to be a believer now, no? That's your choice. It's your choice. My, my question to you is, new song, are you going to believe that? That you are complete in Christ? And that everything that you need for a life of godliness is yours in Christ Jesus. That everything that you need for victory is yours in Christ Jesus. That it was purchased by Christ for you. And that same power that raised Christ from the dead is actually the power that's living in you. And you are made complete in Christ. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in fear. Live by faith. And the Son of God, live by faith in the power of your Father, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Live by faith. Live by faith. Listen to your pastor. Live by faith. If Jesus was standing here today, you know what he'd tell you? Live by faith. Live by faith. That's the way he wants you to live. Watch this, number one. This is, love this stuff. Watch this. Jesus' authority was given to his church, including me. And if you're a child of God, it includes you. What is authority? Authority is delegated power. Jesus had power in his life, and he, and he proved it over and over and over again, everybody. All of the miracles that were wrought by him, the, all of the miracles that, that he performed showed that he had authority. He was a person of authority, and he gave that authority to his church, which includes you and me. And I'm going to prove that to you in Scripture. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 19 says this. The 72, remember the 72 disciples that were sent out? The 72 disciples returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And, and what it is is they were surprised that the enemy submitted to them. They, they, okay, Jesus, we know the enemy submits to you, but we can't believe. We're so surprised that the enemy actually submits to us. And Jesus is like, well, duh. I gave you authority. What's what Jesus says? He says, well, duh, that's my translation. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Like, like, come on, guys, who do you think I am? 
You think I'm some weakling? I'm not a weakling. I was there when Satan was booted out of heaven. Of course I have authority over him. And by the way, keep reading, and I have given you authority. Like I have transferred my authority, the same authority that was there when Satan fell like lightning from heaven, and I watched it happen. The same authority that I have, I've given to you to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Matthew 28, 18 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He's like, hey, listen, guys, I have all authority. Now it's yours. Now go. That's what he's saying. 1 John 4, 4, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in this world. Can, can, I, can I ask you a question, everybody? Because I, I know there's some people in this room who are like, okay, but, but Jesus gave authority to, to the early church. He, he gave authority to, to the disciples, but I wasn't there. Let, let me ask you a question. Do, does the church of today have less authority than the church of 2,000 years ago. No. The Bible never says, well, the early church has authority, but, but the church after that, they're not going to have that. They're just going to wish that they did. The Bible never says that. In fact, if you say, well, he only gave it to the 12. When he, well, no, the Bible says, actually, he pulled these 72 together as well. We don't know the other times. Remember what one writer says, hey, there are so many things that Jesus said and did that there would not be enough books to contain it all. I don't, I don't believe that these are the only occasions in which Jesus gave his disciples authority. He not only gave it to the 12, but he gave it to the 72. And can I tell you something? He was just giving it to his church. He was just saying, hey, you're found in me. That same authority is yours. Our authority, hasn't, our authority as believers hasn't lessened over the past 2,000 years. Why? Because truth never changes. Truth is still truth. Truth doesn't vanish. It doesn't fade. If it's true, then it's true forever. Watch this. Number two, that authority that you have, and you have it, it only works when it's exercised. That authority that you have as a believer, as a child of God, that resurrection power that is in you, it is only, it is only powerful. It, it's only beneficial when you actually exercise it. You've, you've got to put it into practice. You have to live it out. You have to be a person of faith that says, you know what? I am a person of authority in Christ Jesus, not because of my work, but because of his work. Not because of my power, but because of his power. He is in me, and therefore I, have, I am a person of authority. And the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in me today. So I am that person, and I exercise my right as a child of God. And I boldly declare, according to the word of God, 
And what is it that you're going to declare? Well, it has to be the word of God. It has to be something that's true. Because God doesn't honor lies, but he will honor his word. The Bible says his word never returns to him void. It never, it never returns to him without accomplishing what it was sent to do. So you have to speak his word. You have to know his word. You have to know his word. It only works when it's exercised. It is a matter. Let's write these things down. It is a matter of believing. I know that's in your notes. But I want you to write down next to it, just put 1 John 5, 4. It is a matter of believing. First of all, you have to believe. Watch this. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith, through believing. The first thing you have to do is you have to know who you are in Christ Jesus, and you have to believe the word of God, that the word of God is true. You know what? There are some mighty men and women who have lived in this world and, and have seen the miraculous, and they caused a lot of division in the church because a lot of church people couldn't understand that they would be that much of a person of faith, couldn't understand that, that, that the power of God would rest on them and in them the way that it did. And I, I've learned, don't, don't, I would say it this way. I better watch my words here. <laughs> I, I would say this way. Uh, don't, don't judge what you haven't learned about. Don't, don't, judge what, don't judge what other people do in the name of Jesus Christ, especially if they're seeing results from it. I'm just telling you, hands off, everybody. Their life, they're responsible for their life. You're responsible for you, for your life, right? They're responsible for their faith. You're responsible for your faith. My question is not concerning them, but to you, are you going to believe are you going to read 1 John 5, 4 and say, I achieve victory because of my faith. Therefore, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. The second thing is, it is a matter of not only believing, but submitting and resisting. Submitting and resisting. It's James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submitting and resisting, are, 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 they have to happen simultaneously. I resist the devil, but I submit to God. I resist the devil, but I submit to God. I resist the devil, but I surrender to God. I resist the devil in his lies, but I submit to God in his truth. Submitting and resisting. Can, can I tell you something that all of us need to do in this room, including me? We need to do a little bit more submitting to God. And we got to do, a, a, let, me say, let me say it differently. We got to do a lot more submitting to God. And we've got to do a lot more resisting of the enemy. And the Bible says when we submit to God and we resist the enemy, can I tell you, let's add a word in there. And I think all of us would agree that this is appropriate word to add. Let's fully surrender to God. And, and, and fully submit to God and fully resist the devil. 
And the Bible says when we do that, he will flee. That is a promise, everybody. And the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So he has to flee. You're like, well, I don't know if I fully believe that. I didn't write that verse. So like, don't, if you've got a question about that, don't ask me. Get, just go to God. And, and God will tell you, well, you better submit to that verse because that verse is going to help you. Oh, I wish I could teach this. Because there's some people like, oh, really? Because I've tried to resist the devil before, and he, that little stinker just stuck around. Well, resist and then keep resisting. Fully resist. Fully resist. At the same point, fully submit. And could it be that you were resisting the devil, but maybe not submitting to Jesus? <laughs> oh, that one hurt, didn't it? Because I've done that. I was fully resisting the devil, but there were some things in my life in which I hadn't fully surrendered to Christ. I don't have time to explain that. Simultaneous, full submission, full resistance. Simultaneously. And the Bible promises the devil will flee. And then the last one. This is part of the exercising your faith. It is a matter of declaring Matthew 21, 21 says, then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, be, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. It will happen, meaning miraculous things. The Bible says, if you believe, if you believe, if you exercise your belief, if you exercise your belief, and then you say to this mountain, you have to make some declarations. Now, make, make no mistake about it. We, you've heard me say this time and time again. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who use their tongue wisely to declare the truth of God, the promises of God will eat its fruit. Will you, meaning this, everybody. You're going to enjoy uh, the words that you spoke in faith. You're going you're gonna to enjoy the outcome of the words that you spoke in faith. So you got to believe it. you got to submit to God, fully submit to God, fully resist the devil, and you got to start making some declarations. So what are you? Are you sick? Well, sign, find some promises of God in, in the Word of God that says that God is a healer and that he's going to heal you and to, to believe those things and declare those things. And in the middle of that, make sure that you're submitting to God and resisting the enemy. You've got to exercise your faith. You've got to exercise your faith. Stretch your faith. You, you can, can I tell you something cool that happened just this morning? And, and I, I don't, there, there's some people in here that, that don't fully understand this, and that's okay. I, I, actually, I love it that you're here uh, because this is a place of learning. This is a place of learning. So welcome to New Song. You know, a lot of people, especially in today's world, they get all uh, jazzed up sometimes about uh, some of the gifts of the Spirit, one of them being the gift of prophecy. Like, well, I don't know if that happens in the church today. Well, just study the Bible for yourself. A lot of people have beliefs uh, based upon what others have said, not based upon what they have studied. Well, I need to tweet that at some point. That's pretty good. I'd just say study that for yourself. Prophecy, let me break this down to you. It's really unique. 
You, you could go to that same person who struggles with the gift of prophecy. You can go to that same person and say, you know what I was just praying for this morning? And I, I really believe the Lord just told me to tell you, blah, blah, blah. And they'd be okay with it. <gasps> well, thank you. Can I tell you, that's just what prophecy is. It's just sharing the heart of God. It's just sharing the heart of God. Like, don't wig out over it. It's just when God speaks to people, says, hey, here's my heart. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I've been doing. Here's what, I, here's what I'm going to do in the future. It's just sharing his heart. It's no big deal. I mean, it is a big deal that God would speak to us. But, but don't wig out over it. It's just, how many know the Holy Spirit is still very active in the world today? Still very active in the world today and in his church. And, and I, was, I was in my office and, and, and just doing some last minute stuff this morning and going over my sermon notes again and, and praying for all of you. And I, 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 uh, I, I do this thing and, and, and I don't know if I should even say this, but I'm going to anyway. No, I won't. I won't say that part of it. I, I was in this, okay, okay, I, I wear a different shirt to church every Sunday because in times past, I've, I've spilled coffee on my shirt and had to preach with a big stain on my shirt. So I bring an extra, if you ever see me coming into church, I'm always carrying a shirt on a hanger. That way, if I spill something on me, I'll still look okay for church, okay? So I, I'm in my office and I'm, I'm changing. I'm changing from, you know, one shirt, the, 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 the coffee stain okay shirt to this one. And... Um, and I get through, through changing, and I'm just kind of praying as I'm doing that and walking around. You know it's okay to pray when you change clothes, right? It's okay. <laughs> so I'm just kind of still praying and just enjoying the presence of God in my office. And I look out my window, and, and there's this, this, this uh, thankfully nobody was standing there looking at me. That was good news. Um, so I was in private. And, and I saw this, this, these bunch of cars, just a, a row of cars. They're all coming um, from, from the west on Baker Street here, and they're all pulling into New Song just one after another. And, and the Lord spoke to me. He shared his heart with me. And I knew I was supposed to share this with you today. And it's just like, it, it's just, I just heard him in my spirit. He said, he said, they're coming in from the battlefield. He just spoke to me like that. They're coming in from the battlefield. And the Lord wants me to tell you, you're coming in from the battlefield, but you're going to be victorious. You're going to be victorious. He just spoke into my heart this morning. Yeah, it's a battle out there, isn't it? It's a battle. Maybe your family is fine. Maybe they're not. Maybe your work is fine. Maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe you're fine. Maybe you're not. But you've faced some things this week. You've been in a battle because you've been in the world. And when the Lord spoke that to me, they're coming in from the battlefield. I knew it was my job to encourage you today. It says, victory belongs to the Lord. Like, yeah, you're going to have to go back out there, but don't do it afraid. Like, you don't have to be afraid. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. So you walk away from this place. You drive away from this place saying, Lord, I thank you that you're on my side. And if you are for me, who can be against me? And I thank you that victory is mine in Christ Jesus. I thank you that I'm a child of God and you're working all things out for my good. Thank you, Father, that victory is mine in Christ Jesus. New song, victory is yours in Christ Jesus. It's yours. Take it by faith. Oh, Father, take your word, brand it upon our hearts so that we might be true believers.
Lord, I pray that you would make New Song Church a church of faith-filled Christians, faith-filled believers, that we would rise up as a people of faith, as a body of faith. We would accomplish great things in your name and by your power for your glory. Oh, God, I come against the spirit of fear that rests on so many here in this room. And I make a declaration today, Father, that those who have been tormented by it are going to be freed from it now in the name of Jesus Christ. According to your word, you haven't given us that spirit but you have given us power and love and a sound mind. And I declare that power and that love and the sound mind upon every single person in this room. We come against the attacks of the enemy and we declare them to be lifeless and void in the name and by the power of Jesus Christ, our Savior. For greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world. And we will live and reign victoriously in Christ Jesus. And we know it to be true because it's in your word. And we believe it and we declare it and we fully submit to you and we fully resist the devil knowing that he will flee. And we pray all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.